Welcome everyone to the show today. Uh, so today I'm very honoured to have uh, Derek Arden join me. So I've been trying to get Derek on my show actually for several months, but he's uh, extremely busy, which is, uh, is good to hear. Uh, and he's actually, he's actually got a show himself, which maybe he'll sort of tell us a bit later. But And his career has just been um, really fascinating. If you look at his uh, LinkedIn profile, he's been sort of a corporate director, uh, non-executive director, uh, president at one point of the Professional Speakers Association, and then uh, and then NED of that, the negotiator, mentor, coach, consultant, keynote speaker. He's just got a, a long list of of many uh, things he's done and achievements. And now and then he did this best-selling book at Amazon. Uh, I know a lot of people say that they've <laughs> done best-selling books and they turn out to be not that best-selling, but his one uh, has got sort of tons of reviews. Uh, so it obviously is really sort of uh, uh, very popular. So I think he, he knows what he's talking about. And he's, today he's going to be talking, among other things, about negotiation, which is something that I think is really well, it's really useful for me personally to learn about because we can always do, we always might think we're good at negotiating, but we can always do better, uh, not only in the business realm, of course, but also in all sort of all aspects of, of our lives. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be really interested to hear him talk about that, which is also the subject of his book. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Derek. Great to have you. Thanks, Keith. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Great. So, um, so I'm quite curious because you've done all these different things, and and then now you now you are this sort of negotiation expert. So, could you sort of briefly talk us through your sort of career, how you got how you got to this point in your sort of life and career, and so on? Yeah, sure, it'd be a pleasure. Well, I was born in uh, Northwest London, and uh, in the in the fifties, and uh, we grow up with no money. My mum and dad didn't have any money. It was after the war. They both. Uh, worked in the war etc etc so you had to be pretty street savvy where i lived because it was a rough rough part of northwest london not so far from uh, wembley so i guess i learned my street savvy negotiation skills going to school and dealing with people there of course i didn't know at that uh, at that time uh, i left school at uh, 17 joined barclays bank and uh, made the tea uh, got the got the, the got the books up out the strong room and all that sort of thing for a year before I uh, actually uh, got a real job like uh, working on the till and the cashier I thought I'd stay for three weeks and I stayed actually for 30 years which was uh, quite uh, quite fascinating moving quickly forward um, I um, always uh, followed people in the bank uh, and outside in life who were highly successful. And I'm copied and mirrored what they did. I didn't know that was a technique from NLP until I yeah. got a lot older, but, um, but I found myself in some really interesting jobs, mainly in education and training. And then I became a, a manager in corporate division. That was the division that looked after all the uh, high end clients and I was looking after Tesco's and Sainsbury's and I got thrown out of a meeting with Tesco's uh, in a minute for not reducing my price on a million pound contract right. I was coming back from Chesson in Hertfordshire yeah which is near where I live oh is it well there's that rotten old Tesco building which was that's right building. they've moved now they moved over to Welling oh okay well yeah. built in the 60s pretty yeah, depressing yeah. Chesson station's pretty 
pretty depressing place. Yeah. Thinking I was going to tell the chairman of Barclays that I'd lost a one million pound contract. Wow. Yeah. And uh, that evening I went into Waterstones in uh, in the city in Leadenhall Market and bought a book called Everything is Negotiable by a, a Brit called uh, Gavin Kennedy, the only guy that had written a book in the UK. Most books on negotiation in those days were written by Americans. They were pretty win-lose Donald Trump type of uh, style of uh, negotiation. And I read that on the on the way back to Guildford, where I live uh, now. And I thought, gee whiz, I didn't know that. And I didn't know this. And uh, really, I was a third division negotiator and I needed to get into the Premier League. So uh, so from that point on, I studied negotiations and I looked at how people did things. I looked into the psychology. I studied NLP. I studied emotional intelligence, all the things that lie behind uh, what people want and what they're uh, what they're trying to achieve. And uh, Keith, I never thought I'd be a best-selling author, British author of uh, of a book on negotiation which has been translated into Chinese and Arabic. That was beyond my wildest dreams. So I'm hugely, uh, hugely proud of uh, of uh, Win Win. Um, yeah. So thank you for mentioning it at the beginning. And I love negotiating. It's great fun. Uh, it's not about conflict, as people think. It's about getting a win for me, a win for you, and a win for our ongoing relationship well that's the the title of your book is win-win isn't it and yeah. i suppose that must be if you can structure it like that so that the other side think they're winning or even are winning as well then it's a lot easier because it's, it's when people are losing then they just fight and, and and never agree absolutely right bang on bang on and there is another book i, I haven't read it but i know the, the book that I'm, i've heard of is called getting to yes was that yeah. one of the first ones, I suppose? That was one of the American ones who... Uh... Getting to Yes was written yes. by um, uh, Fisher and Urey. Fisher and Urey were uh, professors at the Harvard Business School. And in fact, when I left Barclays, I went off to the Harvard Business School for a week, paid for uh, their strategic negotiation programme and right. studied under uh, Bill Urey, who wrote okay. Getting to Yes. Getting to Yes was the first book that really talked about win-win. And, you yeah, know, okay. if, if we don't help the other side get a win, it won't be a long-term deal like uh, like with Brexit, like with everything. It's We've got to be partners. And the partner word is very important. Sure. Okay. And then I, no I noticed when I went to Amazon to, uh, to look at your book and I sort of clicked on it, it also said people who buy this also buy Never Split the Difference by Chris yeah. Voss. Yeah. And now that's one I have uh, I have heard on audio, and uh, yeah. uh, it's quite interesting because he used to be, I think, a sort of hostage negotiator, didn't he? It's a very good book. It uh, it's uh, more um, more aggressive negotiations than I would talk about, but he's got a few things in there that I hadn't thought of, um, and we're always learning, aren't we, Keith? Yeah. Um, as we go along, um, one is doing an accusation audit before you go and see the client. In other words, checking all the things they might accuse you of, you haven't done, et cetera, et cetera. Even if it's, um, even if they're making it up, work right. through what that would be as part of your preparation. So yeah, good book, Chris Voss, good book, Getting to Yes. Yeah, and yeah. of course there's mine. Of course, which I'm sure was also good. <laughs> I'll let you say that's good. <laughs> so, um, okay. And then I think, and one thing you sort of uh, missed out in the description of career, was actually you became I think was it president of the national speakers of the professional speakers association oh yeah yeah now when I um, negotiated my way out of Barclays um, yeah. 
with a smile on my face because if you're studying negotiating you've got to be able to do your own negotiations which is what people sometimes aren't very good at the first thing i did is went go to harvard the second thing i did was do an nlp practitioners course and the third thing i did was join the professional speaking association because i wanted to see what the very best people did how they did it and what their strategies were and i learned an awful lot from that but of course as as you know if you get too involved in an organization put, people put their arm around you and ask you to join the board that happened to me <laughs> uh, i had no intentions of doing that because oh, i don't like pathetic politics and you know what i mean there are that office politics people yeah, with yeah, shows. Sure. Yeah. um and so i tried to resign i tried not to join but I did. I gave in and um, I became the president of the speaking association about the year afterwards. There was no messing wow. around for a year. Yeah, yeah. And I tried to um, I tried to sort it out, but it needed more of a year of my time as a as a volunteer to sort it out. So uh, we ended up changing the structure and I became chairman of the board of directors for four years. And we increased the membership from 250 people to 600, which is fantastic. It's a thriving organization as anybody who speaks or trains should join it to learn from the other people. It's not to get your speaking engagements, it's to help you improve. And our uh, motto was to, to improve the standard of speaking in the UK. That's I mean that yeah that, that's a great uh that's a great goal because I remember going back many years I used to be really terrified of public speaking yeah and I think many people are and uh if I had to speak even in front of sort of 10 people or something I just really sort of panic and sort of go to pieces and I I actually went to Toastmasters which I'm, I'm sure you've heard of, which actually really ah, yeah. helped me. And then I started to just get a sense, you know, I actually enjoy it. It's uh, yeah. and now as I've got my show, you know, I'm, we're doing this live yeah. and everything. I've been on TV. And I really, although it can be a bit scary sometimes, once I'm, once I'm speaking, I actually just feed off the sort of energy or something that sort of bring, brings me alive. And I think a lot of people watching this also, speaking, just speaking public is something they, they would like to get, better at so yes and i think and also i just think it has a lot of not knock on benefits in sort of other areas of your life because you just get a lot more confidence uh, in everything you, you do and you can express yourself better and things just sort of flow more naturally and i think you connect with people better as well so i think it's a really great yeah thing to be involved with and uh so i think it's great that you helped you know other people get better at speaking through your time there yeah, very, very important. I actually wrote a book called Presenting Phenomenally uh, a while ago, Keith. And if anybody wants a PDF of that, if they email me and sign up for my briefing, I will uh, send them a complimentary uh, copy of, uh, of the... Oh, OK, uh, so we can um, to contact you. Should they do that via, via your website, Derek? Uh, no, just email me. There's sometimes, Keith, as you know, sometimes there's a problem with websites. We can put the link in the uh, as a comment in the sort of description. Straight, straight email to me. <laughs> you like, I know you like email, don't you? Well, uh, straight email. The website has an email address on the back, but it gets lost sometimes because yeah, yeah. of the uh, uh, trolls and things like that. Big issue. So just email me, action at derekarden.co.uk or Google me and there'll be a contact uh, tech contact. I'll write it down now and I'll put in, shall I put in a comment? Action at derekarden.co.uk. Yeah, that'd be, that would be terrific. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, and then the, you can get a PDF of your uh 
book about presentations doing presentations yeah it's a pdf of my book there's the uh, there's yeah, my yeah. website uh, there's my email address actually at derek yeah, yeah. uk on the on the green screen uh, now so i'll uh, i'll swap that back but uh, no yeah, i'd be yeah. delighted delighted to send it to anybody and um they can um, find out all about me at the same time that's great and i, I uh and as uh, some of our viewers just discovered that is actually a virtual background you've got because i did tell you earlier that i actually thought that was a real bookcase <laughs> although looking at the sort of dimensions of the books <laughs> they must be like massive books to um well know. i was more books than that Keith. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fun of math you know I'm, you know so i'm just a lifelong learner i can't help buying books and me too i'm, I'm reading them um, yeah picking up a couple of things from i'm in the uh, i'm um I'm writing a book at the moment uh, from my success show. So after, uh, as soon as COVID started, I emailed my email list, which is 4,000 yeah. people that get my briefing. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to do a chat show similar to yours. I'm starting yeah, yeah. on Monday. It's going to be about working from home and working with COVID to start yeah, off yeah. with. And um, I've been doing it ever since. I thought I'd do two or three, but uh, I've done 68 and it's going wow. on a Monday night. So if you or any of your viewers want to uh, join me, just email me. That's great. And uh, I remember, yeah, when I first, uh, I remember messaging you on LinkedIn. So I started the show and you, you messaged back, said snap. And uh, it's a great idea, isn't it? I mean, I really love doing it. It's a really great way, I think, of meeting someone just to sort of talk to them. Uh, about stuff and also I've just learned so much because everyone's got their own you know things that they can share and so on that I haven't thought of and it's just a really great opportunity just to pick someone's brain fabulous learning and sharing that's what it's all yeah, about particularly in these times of change because things are never going to be the same are they whatever whatever however we come out of this uh, and we will come out of it well things are going to be different okay so um so just before we, we get onto the subject from negotiation, do you have any sort of top tips about public speaking? Yeah, I do. Lots. lots. Okay. That's, 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 a, that's another subject <laughs> in itself. Oh, we'll, okay. We'll just give you three, your three top. Okay. Okay. Well, the first thing is there is the power of three whenever you're speaking. So watch the politicians. Uh, you don't make points in fives or sixes. You make them in threes. Threes has a rhythm. It has a ring. And something happens psychologically in people's minds. So let me uh, let me make something up in the power of three. So, Keith, it's a great pleasure to be here with you today with your viewers and your listeners. And I look forward to doing this with you at another time. So one, two, and three. One, okay. two, and three. Yeah, yeah. Second thing is, and it goes back to the Greeks, tell people what you're going to tell them. So that's the introduction. Tell them and then tell them what you've told them. If you think about that, that is, again, in threes. Yeah. And the third tip would be do your preparation early, do a mind map, uh, use yeah. all those techniques. They're in chapter 10 of my book, Win Win. Use all those techniques, prepare it, think it through, do your research and then list it down. Be early, be prepared, um, get over the nerves. You talked about being anxious about pre presentation. I'm anxious yeah. about any presentation I do when I'm meeting new people. Yeah. Why am I anxious? I want to do a good job. I want to do a good job for them. It's a privilege to speak in front of people and to people. And you're, the reason you're doing it 
is about helping them when you get that mindset yeah yeah helping the other person um that's what happens but so uh, maybe we could do a session on presentation skills at some other stage yeah that sounds great and also i mean just out of those three i want to sort of come back on some of them so the first one i actually um well i sort of preceded you because i said yeah tell me three things and then said yeah. yeah three things is a great thing to to to, to do and the second thing uh, i think you said yeah do your preparation with a mind map and that's something that I, I actually i think a lot of people don't use mind maps i actually well i've started using them as well for when i do a talk and i find a really great thing to do because you've got all these sort of chaotic thoughts floating around and by putting a mind map in different places you can move things around then you can turn it into something that's linear and goes from a to b so i found that a great way from um yeah and generating thoughts and and get, and, get, and also i find it's a great thing to do taking notes if i'm taking notes of a book i normally do it on a mind map because you can always like add things to different things and, and, and fit in, and, and summarize it. And I actually first came across the technique, I think when I was doing my O-levels, there was a BBC yeah. show called Use Your Head, I think, by yeah. Tony Buzan. And Tony Buzan, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, got, I, used, I remember for my O-level <laughs> revision, I used mind maps and actually worked out really well. Yeah, no, no. Um, the way I do it is I do do my notes in longhand first. So if I was taking a note of this show, I'd be writing things down very, very quickly. Yeah. Then I'd put them into a mind map and then I'd pick out the three or four key things that right. I wanted to action straight yeah, away. Yeah. Now, this is my style. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and the other thing I talk about is speed reading, Keith. I don't know if um, if your listeners know about speed reading. I'm sure you do. But there's some some tips on speed reading, like going back to the way you were at school and using your finger to zoom across the page and speed okay. your eyes and your brain up very, very, very quickly. And there's a uh, website called www.readingsoft.com where okay. you can check your reading speed. Okay. And the... Um, counterintuitive thing that happens is that um, funnily enough your uh, constant your uh, recall of what you read goes up when you read faster is that right i didn't believe it but i tried it and it does because you stay focused you stay concentrated right. and you get on with it rather than uh, mucking about or getting um head thoughts in your head etc etc yeah you see because with reading although i i I, I buy a lot of books. I end up often listening to them on audio book because oh. I like to listen to them like, you know, in the car when I go for a walk or, or like when yeah. I'm relaxing in bed or something. But the problem with that is often they talk quite slowly and uh, my brain sort of works faster than that. And I always think we get a move on and stuff. So I do what you said. I sort of get bored or my mind. So I think that is one advantage of reading. Uh, and But also, I, I've heard this other technique, if you're watching a video, like on YouTube and stuff, you can sometimes speed it up to one and a half times or yeah. two times if they're a bit slow in their presentation. And uh, I think it depends on the on the speed of the or the complexity of the situation, doesn't it? But certainly sometimes it can definitely benefit from being speeded up in terms of keeping keeping you engaged. Yeah, yeah, I used to have a cassette recorder. Some yeah. people would never heard of cassette recorders, but when you're, <laughs> uh, when you're more senior like me, um, you used to be able to put that on uh, twice the speed. And I used to listen oh, to cassettes you? on okay. the way up to London. And you could understand it on twice the speed, or yeah. if there's something really key, you could pick yeah, up something yeah. really key, wind yeah. it back, and then uh, slow it down. Okay. 
but yeah. And also the third point you mentioned, I think, was do your research and stuff. And then he said about then get into the mindset that you're helping people. Yeah. And I find that uh, a really sort of key thing, because if you uh, especially, uh, you know, if you think you're giving a talk and you think, um, you know, they're all going to like criticize you or not be interested or whatever. But if you just change it around, like, how can I help them? I find it really energizes you. And I think, well, what's the best way of explaining this? And, you know, what do they need to know? And it just really shifts the focus away from you onto them and also it's just a sort of warm high you know it's just a sort of great way to live your life really isn't it to sort of uh, uh yeah i mean it was it was dale carnegie that dale said carnegie that, yes yeah, if, to um, win friends and influence people and the best quote out of there was um if you help up somebody else get what they want then you'll get what yeah. you yeah which is actually, I mean, it's so it's old hat now, that book. And I don't know. I don't know if, if people have read it, but it's actually a really good book. And it really helped me um, change the way that, yeah, I sort of, yeah, sort of th 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 think about people, especially when I think, you know, feel that, oh, I've got to fit in to sort of please them or, or how do I make a conversation with yeah. someone? You sort of realise from their point of view, it's all about them. People just love talking about themselves and so on. So can I, pick, can I pick you up on one thing there? That you, yeah, go on. You said it's old hat, okay. <laughs> um, one of the reasons I'm picking that up is there's two reasons. Well, there's usually three reasons. <laughs> Number one is uh, to be a good negotiator, you need to listen very carefully to yes. what people say. Yes. And be able to almost play back their language to them. Yeah, yeah. I, I played back old hat. Um, yeah, yeah. and also watch the body language as well, which we'll come to. Okay. But the other thing is that the book is old hat, as you say, but it's been updated, it's been revised, and okay. actually the messages in there are more powerful than the messages in a lot of brand-new books you can buy in uh, in the bookshops. So okay. I would say to people, have a read through it. And um, there's a fantastic story in it. I was looking at it on my Kindle the other the other night in bed and if we've got time i'll just tell her the story yeah, on, it yeah. does link to um it does link to negotiations and um there's this guy who's um who's going fishing and he says uh, you know i like uh, i like fish and i like strawberries um so he thought well i must think that uh, fish like fish must like strawberries because that's my world and this is the first mistake people make yeah. so he put a strawberry on the end of his fishing line and uh he never caught anything. Uh, he's thinking, well, what's going on? And then he suddenly worked out that fish like worms. He said, well, I don't like worms. Ugh, horrible things, worms. Fish like worms. So he put a fish on, the, a worm on the end of his uh, fishing rod and he caught, uh, of yeah. course, he caught hundreds of fish. So you help other yeah. people get what they want, then you get one. Isn't that a great story from It's Carnegie a great story, book? yeah. I mean, it's just, it just sounds so obvious when you sort of say it, but uh, it's... <laughs> We, we don't, yeah, we forget, don't we? Keith, can I tell you the obvious things God. aren't obvious? No, the common sense, <laughs> common sense isn't very common. Intuitive things don't always work. The problem uh, is, like, when you say a story like that, my first thought is, oh, it's obvious everyone knows that, and I'm discounting it, and I don't really sort of let the sort of let it sort of sink in. But really, it's about really putting yourself into, like, the other person's mind and their brain and just seeing things from their point of view, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And also there's a psychological technique which you can, um, which your uh, listeners can um, Google, which is called the curse of knowledge. 
And the curse of knowledge says basically once we've learned something ourselves, there's yeah. an assumption that everybody else yeah it, which is That's why really good it. teachers and coaches like us have to train ourselves to yes. realize that people won't know what we That's know true. yes i haven't heard that expression before curse of knowledge but so so true because yeah we just assume everyone knows what we just think well if we know it it must must be obvious and everyone yeah. must know it yeah. but that stops us from helping people because uh, how can we coach someone if we think that they know it all already? So, and, uh, and and sometimes people say, oh, I don't understand that. Please explain. But a lot of times they don't. So we never end up sort of uh, explaining something. So it's really better, I think, to just start from, assume they don't know anything. It's even better to tell them stuff they already know. Yeah, you have to be a bit careful with that. One of the techniques I've learned and used on my uh, negotiation masterclasses is using a statement followed by a yes tag question. Can I can I just oh, demo? Yeah, go that? on. Yeah, yeah, go on. So, um, so you let's say I'm talking to an audience. So, so I guess you've all heard of the eighty twenty rule, haven't you? So that's the statement. I guess yeah, you've yeah, all yeah. heard of the eighty twenty rule statement, yeah, yeah. and then it's followed by a yes tag question, yeah. which is that haven't you yeah. then you look at the body language so you've credited them with knowing it so no one's going to get upset that you're patronizing them by yeah, telling yeah. the story yeah, uh, then yeah. you look at the body language and then i say well looking at your body language it looks to me like 80 percent of you don't know that then they all look a bit relief because they've kind of nodded yeah, yeah. like this because they don't yeah, want to yeah. be shown up by their peer group yeah. and um but they don't know because you know people go yeah 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 that's a that's a yes but this this isn't a yes that's a kind of a no that sort of mm. peer group nodding now i say well wilfredo prato the italian economist, economist in the 19th century noticed that 80 percent of the assets in italy were in the hands of 20 percent of the people and because he was a businessman and an economist he um he called it uh, the 80 20 rule otherwise known as pareto's law and it still works today as we know 80 percent of uh, your emails uh, contribute 20 percent of the results 20 percent of your emails are the ones that you want to read and uh, mm. uh in finance i know that so uh, you know a lot of people in accountancy and banking 80 percent of the entries on a balance sheet are irrelevant 20 percent of the numbers that you want to look at same with a profit and loss account and sure. kind, of work, kind of works in everything yeah yeah everything in life when i'm reading a book i want the 20 percent of the nuggets in it yeah yeah not the 80 percent of the waffle um, exactly so yeah that so that's how i would do it a statement followed by a yesterday question because otherwise i've got into trouble on the feedback derek mm. was telling us the obvious now that's the last yeah, thing yeah. Feedback, i know i get employed by the client again although yeah although when you're speaking to a group of people it's quite hard because you can't you know you've got to you know aim for the middle somewhere i suppose uh you're always going to there's going to be some people who, who think you're at the wrong extreme yeah the trouble is they might be the influencers of the people yeah that so write, write <laughs> next check that's, yeah so uh, that's... yeah work out who they are and try and pitch it to them yeah, 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 yeah. but i think well, a statement followed by just a question you can't really get into trouble with so yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's great um okay well let's get on to um negotiation now now is this i mean obviously it has a lot of benefits if you're negotiating a deal. And I think you said the main reason that motivated you towards getting better at negotiation was where you lost this massive deal with Barclays. 
because uh, yeah. you do so uh so that's a business situation but is it something that can also help in other areas of your life with your sort of friends and family and so on totally keith we're negotiating yeah. all the time aren't we anytime yeah. you know we're negotiating with our partner where to go on holiday where to go for yeah. arguing and negotiating they're fabulous at it so um yeah it helps in every and of course in negotiating personal things um even negotiating on the internet, etc. But being soft, using soft language, it's a bit more expensive than I was expecting to pay. That's more than I have in my budget. How can you help me? That's a statement followed by a, a, a kind of a open question. How can you help me? So it's, um, it's in life. We're negotiating all the time. Everything's negotiable. And therefore, we should stop and think it through before we... Um, before we go for it and if you don't ask for a discount you'll never get one will you so um that's right you don't ask, you don't get. yeah i mean um i don't know if you ever watched the show the apprentice but one of the, the one of the tasks they often do is they have to get this list of items for the cheapest price so they have to go into a shop yeah. and they have to try and negotiate a cheaper price which basically well, i never actually do i know because uh, but they always seem to get away with it maybe because there's a sort of tv crew there but, um... <laughs> it probably helps that there's a I was okay. asked by um, Meridian TV to go down Guildford High Street and negotiate discounts uh, about a while ago it was and I said to the lady who called me got me through my website I said well Marks and Spencers are never going to let us in with a TV crew and negotiate yeah. discounts because everybody would be doing it oh, she said, yeah. Yeah, good point uh, she said I'll ask them Anyway, yeah. she asked, and they said no. Anyway, she no. said, but I've asked the, um, I've, I've asked the market traders yeah, yeah. if they'll do it, and they've agreed. So I'll meet you outside yeah. Marks and Spencer's at 10 o'clock tomorrow, and, and we'll do it. You can show people how good you yeah. are. Well, yeah, I didn't yeah. have a very good, uh, I didn't sleep very well that night, thinking no. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be on TV, and uh, yeah, if yeah. I get it wrong. Yeah, but yeah. we did four little cameos, and um, okay. Very interesting, and uh, you can get discounts. It depends how you ask it. You've got to build rapport in the first place, um, and you've got to maybe buy two to get a discount. There's all sorts of little angles yeah, yeah. you can do, but it's all about building rapport and asking. Sure, yeah, and yeah. especially in service-based industries, it's a lot easier where it's just sort of one-to-one you know, on the phone or something oh, like yeah. that. Lot, yeah. Well, just have a think about, I mean, you need to put yourself in the other person's shoes, the Dale Carnegie things we talked about just now. Yeah. Put yourself in the other person's shoes. Where are they coming from? The other thing I do is I think about what's the sort of profit margin on that? And even if you're not an accountant or something, you know, what yeah, furniture yeah. shop makes a big profit, doesn't it? Um, yeah, yeah very small margin shop like someone like decathlon a sports shop probably got pretty small margins don't have anyone don't have a manager that's got any authority so you're wasting your time but if you can talk to the manager and they've got a big margin they're not going to want to lose the sale for the uh, for the sake of not giving you a 10 percent discount so sure yeah so there you go Okay, so what's the basic technique then? What's the basic win-win? T- is there like, or is there three things, or is there a whole list? I mean, uh, well, I've got a system. Thing? I've got a yeah, system. Okay. Would what's you like system? me to uh, yeah, talk you through my twelve-point uh, negotiating system? So I'm going to turn up uh, my. I'm going to change my green screen background, Keith, if that's all right with you. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. 
to this this is this is my system so for the people listening to it on your podcast i'll uh, i'll talk it through for the for the people who are watching can see the 12 point system the 12 point system running through it very quickly is preparation and planning first impressions asking great questions listening using your brain and your intuition reading the body language looking out for people lying more in a business situation negotiating strategies and tactics the psychology of influence is very important the bargaining and haggling managing the conflict and the final one is um, is confidence now it would take me about half an hour to talk through that slowly Uh, it is in my book win-win 200 pages explaining that would you like me to pick out the highlights of that yeah go on yeah Yeah, okay well number one clearly is doing your preparation doing your planning you talked about linkedin look up the person before you meet them in a business situation on linkedin read their profile understand where they're coming from uh, look at their picture. There's something psychological about to get in their picture. Doing a mind map, Googling any information about them, looking on the other social media to see what they're like, uh, to build rapport. You know, as a friend of mine putting all his holiday pictures up, he's uh, on holiday in the Purbeck Hills uh, at the moment. Um, so, you know, um, we had a bit of fun on the phone just now. Then first impressions, people ignore first impressions. They're really important. You can see that I put a suit, tie and a jacket on for uh, for this uh, meeting with you. The reason I've done that is I don't know who will be watching this, who might want to employ me. Um, and, uh, and so in the financial services business, um, suits are still important. And uh, solicitors, the lawyers, and I can soon take my tie off, can't I? And dress down a bit and look mm. a little bit more casual, but I can't dress up where sure. you sit at the meeting, etc. Number three is questioning, asking really good questions. Where are you coming from? What are you trying to achieve? How can I help you? Uh, what do you have in your budget? Notice all those questions are very open and very short. Then we come to listening, listening to what the people are saying, how they're saying it. Um, and what you know, what the body language is saying. There's a chapter in there, Keith, on, called "Use Your Head." The editor didn't want me to put it in there. I had a big negotiation to get it put in. I won, and that's the one about speed reading, mind mapping, brainstorming. Always got a flip chart in my office so that I can write uh, write things up that you can see visually. If you're in a negotiating meeting, have a flip chart with you because people see things clearer than they hear things. Um, then we come on to body language. Give me, you know, let me give you a couple of signals on body language. When the person leans back, folds their arms and rubs their nose, really, you know, you haven't got an agreement. Pinocchio's nose grew every time he told a lie. So therefore, uh, you know, just suss out if the people aren't say telling you the truth could save you a lot of time, could save you a lot of anxiety and could save you a lot of money. Then we come to negotiating tactics, good guy, bad guy, linked to higher authority, linked to taking a time out, taking, taking a break. My favorite two negotiation tactics are good guy, bad guy, linked to higher authority. Giving you an example of that. Uh, Keith, it's really great to be here with you today. Good guy. But this is going to be very difficult to get it through my people. Bad guy. Uh, Unless you can, uh, soften the price a little bit it will be really 
Yeah, so, you know, that's one example. The other example could be I might say, well, uh, I'd love to buy this, but if I bought it at this price, my wife would go crazy yeah. and you wouldn't want that to happen to me. Yeah. So that's using the business, the association, the board of directors, your business partner, or even your life partner. Yeah, then we come to the psychology of influence, which is the work of Robert Giordini. Yeah. And Giordini is the book you must read, but it's chapter 14 in my book where I've shared his six, uh, yeah. six traits of influence, which are, does the person like you? Uh, what can you do for them for nothing? Reciprocity, authority. Do you come across as someone with authority? Scarcity, people want things that they, they might miss out on. Um, commitment, uh, that people who have agreed to things won't go back and the final one's uh, scarcity or have I said scarcity already? I don't know. I can't remember. But um, Then we come to the haggling process. You can always come down in your price or you can always, but you can't go back up. So start high and come down. Have a best position, target position, walk away position. Handling conflict because there's going to be conflict in a negotiation and then the final way is uh, confidence. So, you know, and if you don't start at the top and work through that list using the bits that you need to for the particular negotiation, you won't be confident. Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, and there's just so, so much, so much in there. Um, so is it, how about the sort of walk away strategy? Would that be well, in scarcity or does that fall under... One of your other no, ones. no. The one thing in your preparation, Keith, and it's a great point you make, is that uh, you should have a best position, a yes. target position, a walk away position, and an alternative position. Now, um, for the people listening to this that uh, have studied at Harvard or read Getting to Yes, that's called a BATNA, best alternative to a negotiated agreement. So if you don't get an agreement, what's the best alternative to it? I thought that was a bit American. I didn't think it uh, translated across the Atlantic Ocean. So I changed that to an alternative position. So if we don't agree, what's the alternative? So if we took Brexit for that, so we don't get an agreement, we have a no deal, we go to a World Trade Organization terms, and that's going to be a lot of hassle. I think it's going to be a lot of hassle for um, Europe. It's going to be a lot of hassle for us. I don't think anyone really wants that. No. So that's being used as um, as the alternative position if um, if the UK walks away. So, um, yeah, very important. And uh, very important that you change those positions and you take a time out, you change those positions when you learn more information. Oh, okay. Yes, because originally, uh, so they're provisional at first. And then, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. that's a good point. Yeah, because you can stay fixed, can't we, on a, on a thing uh, beyond the point where it makes sense to do so. Sure. Um, so, um, by the way, uh, anyone sort of watching this live, if you want to, if you've got any questions or comments, uh, please please uh, post it in, in the box and uh, I can ask Derek. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, you raised... Brexit, which is yeah. a fascinating. <laughs> I mean, it's probably I can't think of anything sort of more difficult to negotiate. Uh, and there've been all these different layers, you know, in the past going back. I don't know how many years it was we actually had the vote, but um, all these different levels of negotiation. We're at this point now, where we basically, I think we've got um, um, a month or two, haven't we, to sort of do a deal. Otherwise. 
as you say, we're going to world trade terms that no one wants, but we can't um, admit that we don't want it, that we're going to sort of give in. I mean, everyone says, oh yeah, Boris, we'll, 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 we'll give in eventually. It's just, just like a negotiating tactic. So would you like to say a bit about that? Yeah. Um, if we start with what the previous prime minister did, Mrs. May, Yes, she she sort of caved in on everything, and yes. um, the Europeans didn't give us anything back. And she thought, well, they'll be fair with us. Yeah, and of yeah. course, they weren't being fair because at the end of the day, there's 27 other countries that have got to deal yeah. deal with this. So Boris Johnson took a a real more hardball sort of. We're going to leave. We've hmm. signed the treaty. We're leaving on the 31st of December. And that's not negotiable. And he actually said, I think, that the 15th of October was the final date before we agree. So he's playing the time game. Yeah. And in fact, it said in one of the papers yesterday that the EU is about to back down, uh, back down as well. I, I don't know. It was one of the tabloids. So I don't know if it's right or not. Um, um, but um, they're playing poker. When you get to this stage, there's got to be an element of poker but if the other side doesn't believe you you'd walk away doesn't believe you go to world uh, trade organization terms why should they give you anything yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's so many variables and some of the variables to me don't seem very important but uh, they're political for example the fishing rights well apparently that's about 0.2 percent of our gdp fishing Whereas uh, exports of other manufactured goods either way are 20% and food is 20%. So you've got to make sure you get a ladder up, the, up against the right wall. But that seems yeah. to be a political thing yeah. uh, for some of the MPs. So you've got all these, all these contrasting situations. But um, 80%, going back to the 80-20 rule, 80% of the concessions in a negotiation usually come in the last 20% of the negotiation time, or okay. sometimes in the last 1% of yeah, the yeah, negotiation yeah. time, which is why it's always powerful to have a deadline. And of course, yeah, yeah. that's what we've got at the moment, a deadline. There's nothing to stop Johnson extending it on the 31st of December, if he's got some, some way, he says he's not going to, but there's nothing to stop him. That's the yeah, one yeah. thing when you negotiate, you can always, you can always give in if you want to, can't you? Yeah. yeah. As long as you don't absolutely upset the other person. Well, think in, I mean, that might come under the sort of the best alternative solution category, mightn't it? To just extend yeah, the state. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, you know, you're, you're yeah. absolutely right there. So, so yeah, they're fascinating. What I say to people is look at what I call the megaphone negotiations. In other words, the ones that are in the public domain, the ones that are being shouted about in the newspapers. And the ones to look at are either the political ones, which is sometimes a bit more difficult, or the sports ones, particularly football and the only reason i mention football is because there is so much money involved in football and there's a lot of the negotiations um get put into the press by the agents to soften up which is a negotiation tactic the football club or to soften up the people so they leak information by the way it's a government tactic as well all around the world they leak information oh this is we've got this leak from the government where it's put there um to see what the public opinion and the public reaction is before before they do something. 
So, okay. yeah. Thinking of leaking information to sort of soften up, that reminds me, um, there's this thing about COVID, wasn't there? The scientists say, oh, well, if we don't do anything, there's going to be 50,000 uh, cases. Yeah. And so that was, so as they were like sort of the bad guys, I suppose, and then prepare, paving the way for the, the government to put new restrictions in place. So, um, so in a way, so they're negotiating, they're using all these skills on us all the time. So I think also becoming more aware of uh, negotiation, it also helps us when other, uh, stop other people manipulating us so we can just be more aware of what they're doing. Uh, so uh, more conscious so we can get a better deal, I suppose. Yeah, I think when people, I mean, one thing I say to people, if someone ever tells you it's not negotiable, yes. just think that's an interesting negotiating tactic yes. they're using on me because everything's negotiable. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if they are that hard ball in their negotiations, yeah, yeah. is it someone you want to do business with? Um, yeah. Or... If you're buying something and you can't get a discount, like in an Apple shop, which is really tricky to get a discount, mm. on Apple or a Tesla or something, you know, which is branded brand new, well, either buy it or don't buy it. I mean, don't muck about. Um, yeah. Don't try and get a discount. I did try and get a discount in an Apple shop because I try and get a discount everywhere. I had to open a business account, which I did. And then they said to me, well, you need a turnover of £3,000 a year. To get a discount, well, you know, buying one computer a year yeah. or one iPad uh, won't get you that. So mm. it was kind of a kind of a waste of time. But don't forget to use um, when you're using the internet. You know, uh, we buy anycar.com to find prices. Tripadvisor, yeah. Expedia, Booking.com. Ring up the hotel direct and see if you can get a better deal because uh, Booking.com uh, gets a thirty percent commission from. Um, from from the hotel or whatever the particular figure is if you go on quidco qr q-u-i-d-c-o um quidco will share the commission with you so that's a sort of agency sites oh, okay uh, q-u-i-d-c-o.co.uk um, we've saved a lot of money in our family by using quidco a lot of people don't know about it i talk about it on every seminar people look <laughs> at me like i've gone mad but so how does it work? So you go to Quidco and... You open an account with Quidco. Yeah. Right? So you just go to quidco.co.uk. You sign up. Yeah. And they uh, give you a password. So then you sign into it. And let's take a site like Expedia. You're going to book a hotel or a holiday. You go to, uh, you go to Expedia and uh, you find the uh, hotel you want. Or you go to TripAdvisor and find the cheapest deal. Yeah. Uh, then you go back to Quidco, you sign into Quidco, you go to the site, let's say Expedia. And uh, so Quidco takes you to Expedia. Expedia, once you've paid, um, share the commission that they get with Quidco and Quidco passes part of that commission. Oh, okay. That's a great tip. Yeah. Keith, the way I've described it sounds very complicated. It's not very complicated. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure, I'm sure I can work it out. Yeah. But it's worth doing because uh, sometimes Absolutely. it can be Absolutely. quite pricey. Yeah. And that's actually what one of my sort of uh, my girlfriend's superpowers, really, which is negotiating discounts from hotels. She's done yeah. very well at it over the years. <laughs> well, if that's her superpower, let her, um, let her carry on. <laughs> like superpowers like that. Yeah, okay. 
yeah. will do. So, um, so the negotiation, so obviously it's something that we can use in all areas of our life. Uh, but um, so the people you mainly help or your clients, I suppose, so they're people that are trying to sort of do a deal with someone, a sort of massive deal with large sums of money involved and they just want to get the best deal. So is, is that the sort of your typical client? Or All not? sorts of people, Keith. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I helped a guy sell his business the, um, uh, just, oh. before, um, just before COVID. Yeah. Um, it was a family business and he was trying to maximise the worth. He only had one person that would probably buy it because it was a very specialist business and there wasn't too many people out there. Um, we talked it through. We met for uh, three hours and we went through all the preparation. This is what people don't do. So we brainstormed everything. Tell me about the business. Tell me all the issues. Tell me what the key issues are. What do they want out of the business? What's the benefit? What's your walk away position? If you do walk away, what are the issues for you? How much of a hole are you in, etc. So we brainstormed all that. Then we figured out how we could do it. Well, the company that was buying him, the directors were in Northern Ireland. And he said to me, well, you know, we're doing this over the phone. I said, uh, you need to fly to Belfast. He said, oh, well, that'll take, uh, that'll take a whole day and cost me 200 pounds in airfare. Mm. And I said, so what? Mm. How much is involved? Two million pounds. Mm. Two million pounds is involved and you're talking about an airfare and all day. What's the benefit? You'll connect, you'll build rapport, you'll shake hands, you'll have lunch, you can take him a little gift. Mm. You can be honest with him, but don't give your cards away. Mm. So to cut a long story short, he and one of his non-executive directors, he was going to take me, but he changed his mind because he thought they could suss out by looking at my LinkedIn profile like you did, yeah. who I was. Yeah because you must expect people to look at your LinkedIn profile. That's why it's very important that it's up to date and it's sharp, got yeah. a good picture. Yeah. And he took one of his non-executive directors. They spent three hours, they built rapport, they connected, found out what their issues were, shared their issues without giving the total game away. And they got 198,000 pounds more than they thought they would get or their, uh, or what, what their walk away position is. Wow. Would they have got it anyway? You never know. I don't yeah, think yeah. they would. I don't yeah. think they would. They were not prepared enough for it. Yeah. And, you know, they took three timeouts. That's in the meeting. They took a break. They reconsidered their position. The person that was watching the non-exec director who was looking rather than doing the negotiations gave his advice, his thoughts, etc., which was really helpful. So I do that. I run a lot of negotiation masterclasses because it's better yeah. to teach people how to do it than do it for them what's that expression it's uh, better to teach someone to fish than yeah. give them a fish which yeah. we, we would all like to do with people yeah. um, um sell the big issue for heaven's sake let's uh, you know get out there and do a real job or something but um but the big issue is uh, helps people doesn't it initially so um so yeah running master classes i do quite a lot for the nhs do quite a lot for uh, big companies I've got several coming up on Zoom, uh, which is uh, which is why you know I've got some background. Uh, I've got the the background virtual backgrounds where I can uh, switch it into my um, into my um, you know system. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, lots of uh, lots of things like that. But again, and sometimes just giving just giving 
people some simple advice. If yeah. you said to me, what's your three? Sorry, I'm just uh, not, <laughs> not that background role. I'm not, I'm not good at multi multitasking. <laughs> if you said, what were your three tips? I'd say, oh, yeah. well, number one was preparation. Number two is asking and listening. And number three is understanding uh, uh, psychological tactics that might be used on you to weaken your position, weaken your perception of your position up here, up here. Okay, so I'll write this down. So preparation, asking and listening, and psychological tactics. Yeah, knowing the psychological tactics, like, you know, which could be, ranting and raving well if, if you if you don't agree to this now we're going to walk away and you'll never get a deal a bit like um, the eu tried to do on us uh, two years ago till we uh, stood up to them i mean whatever you think about brexit whatever you think yeah. about our politicians mm. i have to neutralize that in my job and just say look i'm just analyzing sure. what's happening yeah, yeah. Um, don't get emotionally involved and of course as soon as people get emotionally involved in a negotiation it gets more difficult which is yeah, yeah. why negotiate why it's not good to negotiate the sale of your own house uh, and leave an agent and when the agent brings people around um, leave, get, leave for a bit because if the person walks in and says well I don't like this wallpaper and you yeah, just yeah, put yeah. the wallpaper up six months ago you're yeah. going to keep cross with them and not want to sell your house to them yeah so, yeah so, yeah. yeah 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 i find it often yeah it really helps to have a third party yeah do do that to sort of reduce the emotional impact on yourself because if you feel emotion then you can't it makes you a lot harder to negotiate doesn't it because you're just reacting absolutely but i wouldn't leave the negotiations to your accountant or your lawyer no. i'm sure who would love to do your negotiations yeah yeah for you but they've got no skin in the game at the end of the day and if you're not there and you're not involved you won't know whether they did a good job for you or not they're always going to tell you they did a good and so so many people do that don't they they have this sort of belief in experts or something um and i'm speaking actually i'm a, i'm actually a chartered accountant yeah. uh, so i'm not not practicing at the moment but i think um yeah they're not really very a lot of them aren't really very commercially orientated they're just uh well, I've done a lot of seminars for SEMA, the Chartered Institute of Management oh, yeah. yeah. and, for, and for ACA, ACA is it? Mm. Um, and I'm doing one for um, a group, um, a group of lawyers on Zoom uh, in two weeks' time. Um, privately, my experience is uh, you get good negotiators in every industry and you get not so good ones and people who are frightened of it and are, uh, will agree to the first deal on the table in fact on the belfast negotiations the accountants were screaming at the client to take the deal in right. case it got taken off the table so that would have cost them one hundred ninety-eight thousand pounds wow. so yeah it's like you've got good doctors and not so good doctors you've got good accountants yeah, yeah. Good, everywhere you've got and i like and yeah so and i like this um going back you said about yeah this this example where they're screaming to take the deal or leave it and yeah. then that would, that would lose the deal Whereas when you were doing this deal, uh, you they kept on. Well, the, your client was doing this deal. They took, I think, three timeouts where they just went and and talked. So they were like playing a little bit of a longer game because there's no hurry, is there? Because the more you sort of drag it out, that uh, as the clock ticks, eventually, then the other sides might just feel 
oh look let's let's just give in we can't go on forever sort of thing so that adds to your you know if you if they feel that you're you can go on longer than they can then they're more likely to sort of come to a deal and yeah. i remember one when i was um in my 20s i did a lot of backpacking and traveling and in india there was a lot of bartering and even things like sort of changing money uh, with people. Sometimes you had to barter the exchange rate and stuff. And I found a lot of those negotiations were, um, you really, it was just, if you just sat there and built rapport and just sort of made jokes and, you know, just, just, ca- just carried on, eventually you would get, sort of get a good deal without having to sort of do anything else really. Well, you'd hope so. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I okay. Just- um, uh, yeah, you talk about places like India or the Asian subcontinent where they yeah. grew up haggling everything. Yeah, yeah. Therefore, when you're up against people like that, you need to understand that's how they work. Yeah, yeah. That's how they think. That's how they've been programmed inside their brain by their parents. And um, sometimes on my master classes, I get people from uh, uh, Asian uh, backgrounds or their parents yeah, yeah. come over to uh, to the UK uh, a long time ago. And I say, your parents are good negotiators. And sometimes they say, oh, yeah, my dad is a fantastic negotiator, you know, but my mum doesn't like doing it. Yeah. I said, well, do you do it? Well, no, no, no. I said, you've become too English. Right. English people don't like doing it so much. So right. I said, you need to uh, take yeah. a few lessons from your dad. Definitely. All right. Well, we're coming up. Uh, we've been talking for about an hour now. So obviously, um, in respect of your time and our viewers' time, so we ought to sort of uh, come to a close then. So um, do you have any sort of parting words before we go? Or uh... Yeah, well, I do. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I've always got something to say. <laughs> I, think, um, I think my parting words are when you learn, you earn. Um, negotiation covers every aspect of interpersonal skills. And um, I say, first of all, if you can't present, you can't pinch and you can't sell. And I don't mean you can't. I mean, you don't learn how to do it. You won't get to the negotiation table because negotiation isn't just the haggling, bartering, trading. It's the whole gambit. And negotiation sits right in the middle of pitching, presenting, selling, haggling, influencing, managing conflict because you have conflict with your family look at how you do that and actually positive energy because people like people like you and i that get things done positive energy use positive language and energy sells positive words sell to people and people will at the end of the day if all things are equal they will buy or do a deal with someone that they like and it will be that liking bits yeah yeah Keep learning is yeah. what I say to people. Become a lifelong learner because the world's changing so fast. Yeah. Uh, we need to. If anybody wants any help, there are yeah. my. That's my uh, website, DerekArden.co.uk. That's my YouTube channel with 180 videos. Yeah. My podcast channel. On a Monday night, I do a live chat show at five o'clock. Uh, yeah. I'll send you details of that if you if you email me so uh, 
Thank you for letting me do that little commercial there on your show, Keith. That's okay, and I'll put the links in uh, in the comments on the um, on the LinkedIn uh, feed. So if anyone's watching on LinkedIn, you can uh, you can see them there. Um, great. Well, it's been great having you on the show, Derek. Uh, thank you for your time. It's been really interesting um, learning all your uh, all your top tips and uh, just sort of picking your brain a bit. And hopefully, you'll you'll come on again uh, sometime. I will do, Keith, and congratulations on what you're doing to help people educate themselves. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you. All the best. Uh, Bye. And uh, bye, all our viewers. Uh, See you next time.